Are you ready to begin? I am. Hello, this is Sad Girl Syllabus, a commentary on media through the ages. Each season, we have a new syllabus to dive into. I'm Bethany. And I'm Mary. And we are two girls. Too sad. Let's dive into the syllabus. (laughs) Extra sad. The seasons are changing. There's less daylight. Very sad. Uh, sad. (laughs) I'm also scared. Uh, <laughs> a little spooky. Yeah, I got spooked. Um, watching both Candyman, Candy Men. Oh my gosh! Like the Wicker Man, <laughs> the plural of the Candy the, Man. <laughs> the plural of of both versions of Candyman, ca- Candyman or Candyman. Um, <laughs> although you know, when I rewatched Skeleton Key, I was disappointed because I was less scared. You know, it's not very scary. It's it not. It seems like it's going to be scarier than it is. Yeah. I And honestly, it's because they rely on like, it's kind of fucked up. They rely on like, like voodoo, like Creole voodoo to like be spooky and scary. Yeah, like <laughs> As that's th- enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a 13 year old, I was actually very scared when I watched it. But <laughs> um, but yeah, and I guess, I don't know, what's his, the dude? Um. It's not Christopher Lloyd. Why am I thinking? It's uh, John Hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's too many like iconic old man actors uh, in these movies that we're covering. <laughs> um, none of which is Christopher. <laughs> I know because is it who's in uh who's in the Wick- the original Wicker Man? Is it Christopher Lee? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. See, it's bad. John Hurt in Skeleton Key is he can be kind of creepy. There are some scenes where he's like freaky. Yeah, that's true. But um, but Candyman was like both versions were like incredibly scary. That is scary. And I was freaked it's really out. scary. Yeah. yeah. And that is what we're discussing today. <laughs> Candyman and Skeleton Key. Both with mirrors. They both have the mirrors. They both have the mirrors. They both have a big premise of believing, like believing makes it real. Yeah. Yeah. Magic. And uh, I feel like both are kind of, well, maybe the original Candyman and Skeleton Key sort of takes on a a gothic-esque story. Yeah. Very American gothic. Mm -hmm. New Mm -hmm. goth. Um, (laughs) Chicago goth Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah totally and they are both um, well they're both referencing um, uh, tales of African American um, struggle and plight in in America Um, and reference one the Candyman references urban legends and myth making in modern times and uh skeleton key um relies on yeah voodoo hoodoo sort of like creole southeastern american magic and uh and ritual um and tries to 
framed that as spooky. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of like, I don't know, I'm trying to think through the, like the significance of these, um, the significance of the mirrors, significance of mm. like uh, how it sort of, it sort of feels like both there's objects that are, that are these like kind of antennae or talismans that, that aid the conjuring of these like spirits, these supernatural phenomena or spirits. But then there's also, um, but then the person, like the, the main character people are also like the channeling vessels too. Mm-hmm. that help with the that help with the conjuring and that's something that's like a bit of a departure from what we had been talking have been talking about like we had been a lot of a lot of the focus prior is on was on media and like forms of documentation or forms of recording were sort of the um the way that these things are being channeled that these supernatural events are being channeled but it's much more focused now and maybe that's why belief is so it plays such a strong role. Yeah, right. Belief in the, the magic. Um, Belief, yeah, there is this in both of them where the main characters, like literal flesh kind of becomes a, a vessel. Yeah, like you said, like a vessel in which things might be put into, taken. <laughs> Possessed. <laughs> Possessed. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, almost like, and I would say there's also a lot on in both rituals of language, right? Like Candyman, yeah. very obviously, you have to say Candyman five times for Candyman to appear. And then there are specific words that she has to say in Skeleton Key when performing rituals, which in both cases, they do not know what they are doing necessarily. Right. Right. Um, and I guess in Skeleton Key, I want to amend just one thing quickly. I guess in Skeleton Key, like it does rely on the music. Like she's playing this right. record that was like pressed w- with their conjuring on it. But but it's it's definitely more so about like she's following an instruction. Mm-hmm. Right. Like literally a, no. <laughs> a page in a book. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and you're right. They, none of them know what they're doing. None of them like, it's sort of, um, this like disrespect kind of thing. Right. Both characters think that they have a certain amount of knowledge and power, I would say Mm -hmm, in that knowledge. mm -hmm. Um, and they are vastly mistaken. (laughs) Greatly. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I was so spooked after watching it. So I did a double feature of the Candyman. Um, and I watched the 2021 version first and then the 1992 version. And I was about, like literally back to back, just like one right after the other. And I was so spooked. It was like, by the time I finished them, I started in the afternoon and it was like sort of getting dark. But then by the time I finished both of them, it was fully dark. And I was like, kind of freaked out. And I thought that like, um, I, I mean, I have mirrors in my house, obviously. <laughs> um, but then also like, I was just like getting freaked out by every reflective surface in my house. Like um, I have open cabinets. And so, uh, and so I, I like the, my pans are like reflective surfaces and I can like see them above my, above my head when I'm like washing dishes at my sink or whatever. I was getting really spooked and I was like, maybe I should just like say Candyman five times so that like, not so that I can like get over my, you know, I can remind myself that it's not real. And then I was like, what do I No, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. 
I was like, Let's I am not it. gonna summon Candyman. <laughs> he got he got in. He maybe was sending out some. He kind of has a bewitching. I don't know how you, what you would call it. He's has the ability to mesmerize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That which is also something that I like didn't fully. Um, I didn't fully like. I couldn't wrap my head around that in the original one where I guess it, I guess he's trying to capture Helen Lyle because she reminds him of this woman that he fell in love with in the 1920s. Is that the story? Yeah. So yeah, the original myth of Candyman, right. Is that he is, um, oh shit. I can't remember if he's a pianist or a painter but he's an artist. Mm -hmm. Uh, He falls in love with a white woman. And he's like the son of a a slave, I think. Um, And because of this, he gets lynched by the town. His hand's cut off. Um, They put bees all over him, sting him to death. And then hook in his stump of his hand or his arm. And then he gets lit on fire. Um, And that's in the 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 ground in which these giant and real housing mm-hmm. projects in Chicago uh, have been put up, Cabrini Green, where he is said to haunt <laughs> still. Um, and so, yeah, in the original Candyman, then he begins to, I don't know, not he begins to, she does summon him. Yeah, uh, yeah he can only <laughs> appear if you look into the mirror and say Candyman five times. And she's a researcher. Sorry, I'm just going into full-blown yeah, plot summit yeah. now. But Helen is a, writing her thesis on urban legends, um, particularly focused on Candyman um, in Chicago. And, you know, she summons him. And it is, like, more than just his usual um, victim. He, yeah, recognizes her as, like, the woman he loved and so that they're like meant to be together Mm -hmm. but that also means that she needs to become like him Mm -hmm. but there's also this dynamic where like he feels like she has to come to him right yeah and like and there's all and in that um he frames her so that she can be falsely accused and sort of like um I don't that's that's something that like Again, it was a little bit less clear to me in the original. And I feel like they framed the in the 2021 version, they framed it a little bit more like he he was framed or like falsely accused of like just like doing things that he that for this. He was punished for the sake of like being punished because he was a black man. And so and so he he turns that on her on Helen Lyle in the in the original um where he is like he's coming in he's invading her home or whatever he and she's like trying to he's trying to like in self-defense like she's trying to get a knife and stab him but then like other people are around or they like become they are somehow are around like her friend shows up at her apartment and he kills the friend, but then he disappears. And then Helen Lyle is just like up covered in her, f- her friend's blood with the knife. And so she's like getting framed. And so there's this idea that like, I don't know, that was my my read on it, but maybe that's sort of 
I don't know. Like the like Candyman wants her to be framed, wants her to die a wrongful death. And that's sort of how mm. he would acquire her. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about it like that, but I think that's that's totally true. And there's like some really interesting elements that I don't think I've noticed before when re-watching this for this. Mm. Um, like she gets institutionalized after yeah. this murder of her friend and this is after she supposedly killed a dog and stole a child and like you know right yeah 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 the beheaded of the beheaded dog the, yeah um so she's been institutionalized and she you know with this doctor she's like let me out like no he did it he did it and they're like do you even know how long you've been here she's been there for fucking three months doped out of her mind like just on drugs um but also like she kind of seems to lose any sense of reality because of all of this yeah so she does kind of become like a ghost in that like she doesn't have any connections to like anything physical or like or really a sense of time yeah anymore and and she becomes vengeful yeah and her husband like a new girl like moves in with the husband like immediately yeah yeah and she kills her right she oh shit no she kills him at the end oh yeah 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 and the girl finds him in the bathtub yeah because he is yeah because okay so helen lyle also gets burned to death because in this as part of this uh story um in the in the cabrini green there's like a trash bonfire every year and um and they and and it becomes sort of ritualized as this like annual bonfire again very folky everybody <laughs> burns an effigy uh <laughs> fire is like incredibly powerful ritual tool for humans um but uh and and she and candyman sets a trap for her and puts this this kidnapped baby in the middle of this trash heap that's going to get burned the people of cabrini green don't know that the child is in there she does and she like goes in and is burned to death um and and yeah so then she belongs to Candyman. but then yeah the husband uh he says her name five times i forgot yeah and then she kills him and then the girl new girlfriend walks in <laughs> and he's like all disemboweled <laughs> in the bathtub um, and actually, I guess the, I guess Candyman 2021 is actually, is sort of more, acts more like a sequel it's because like, it builds on that, but it's like, but it also is the same story. It's like the origin story slash sequel. Right. Right. You know, I like guess. It, yeah. It yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like he, yeah. Yeah. He sort of, beca- yeah, that's true because he, his hand gets all fucked up by the bee sting. Yeah. He becomes um, Candyman. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> I loved that. I did. I loved that so much. His like when he got stung by the bee and, and then it started like the flesh became necrotic. I was like, oh, yeah, it was really gross. <laughs> Disgusting. But that, yeah, Caney Man in both of them are like, I always forget is like quite graphic. Like, yeah, when Tony Todd, who's the original Caney Man, like undoes his incredible oh, yeah. jacket and he's just like a rib cage and bees. Oh my god. 
Oh my god. <sighs> and then Not he the kisses her with that mouth. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I hated that. Which, Ugh. by the way, are real bees. Those were all over his mouth. But no! I, I did not check to see if this was true, but supposedly the internet has told me he made in his contract that he got a thousand dollars every time a bee stung him. <laughs> Which is like he I know he says like I got stung 26 times that day. <laughs> so good for him. Oh my God. <laughs> I oh my God. That's so that's so fucking gross. Um, also, why would you not just like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would have looked like cheesy, but like, why would you not just like animate that? It was uh, 92. I guess, I guess, be but good. like look at the polter. It would, it would it would have looked like poltergeist. <laughs> but it could have been a little bit better. <laughs> I want to handle this. Um, but I just have to say, Tony Todd. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Incredible. He like is so amazing. And he's so hot. He's incredible. He's (laughs) you get it. You're like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For to be honest, for both candy men. Yeah. You're like, okay, take me away. (laughs) And don't they in in the 2021 version, don't they have Tony Todd, like his animation? He like sort of like it's she I feel like it's when she sees him in the reflection of the car when she's like calling Candyman on the cops and he's like showing up and oh, it's like I it's that. I think it's Tony Todd I think it's a CGI of him uh, um but I need to look that I I'm pretty sure it is I need to look it up and verify but um yeah uh I can't do the voice his voice is like incredible I know be my victim <laughs> it's also very Dracula which came out in the same year right I was gonna say it kind of is a vampire yeah yeah like it is very dracula yeah where he like he kind of has the power of a dracula yeah yeah can show up you know like and can shape shift because he right turns into the swarm of bees um Um, yeah and he kind of has the presence of a dracula like you know the big coat he's very tall like yeah very mythic looking yeah um which is i don't know it's just like a really well done construction of yeah. I think like a really interesting villain where you kind of are like I don't know like go Candyman yeah well and and also <laughs> it's just like like he's he's avenging his own wrongful death um and so that like that kind of a backstory like it immediately gets you sympathizing um right and, yeah yeah I think in the, I know the original, it gets both like, I think it gets criticism for this, but also like, it's just like a kind of point of interest of that, you know, like his victims are mainly black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, like, I remember why would that be the case? You know? Yeah. yeah. But he does seem to be, and I guess he kind of begins that way in his like voiceover is like, he is like a creature of anger now and subsists on people's fear. So it's like his wrath is so potent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a lot like the other things we've talked about, like mm-hmm. the ring, right? Where it's like, it, it, it's not as if revenge is a neat story, right, you know, like right. where it has a, like a pointed antagonist, but instead it's, it's anything. Yeah. So I do think in the new Candyman, they kind of tried to, they 
they made it more pointed like of like how Candyman might work and who he might be going after. Right, right. And and at the end of the newer version, it's like she eventually she realizes that she can summon this person or the spirit and can use it to can use that conjuring to the um to her aid for to kill the cops. <laughs> um and I guess also like any kind of revenge story is like you he's never going to be able to avenge his own death in the in terms of like he cannot go back in time and kill those that he who those who killed him and so it's going to be um and so the victims are just like they're not targeted they're collateral sort of right yeah exactly um and yeah and so in the newer version it picks it up it sort of picks up this Helen Lyle story that's why it's it's interesting it flip-flops around as like a prequel sequel kind of thing because um this the the main character is this artist and he learns about the Candyman story and learns about Helen Lyle's research on this urban legend um but then you sort of find and then and then he goes through his own like sort of saga of um investigating summoning Candyman and then being tormented haunted by Candyman and then there's a wake of victims um uh other he like his art piece is a is a mirror medicine cabinet and you're supposed to like say the name and which is also I thought that that was an interesting invocation of like because it's it's like say my name is like the name of the the title of the artwork I thought that that was an interesting invocation of um of the say their names kind of thing (laughs) like that the um black victims of police murder and um and I think that it's it maybe takes a little bit of a critical approach to that whole like I don't know there's I think I read it as like a critical approach to like like is that all you can do kind of thing Hmm. is is um like what else is there to be done aside from like protesting and memorializing like there has to be something else that that is done to as a as a preventative method measure rather than just like outrage after the fact kind of thing um that's how I took it interpreted it but anyway not only does the main character summon Candyman he also gets other people to summon Candyman through this um through this art piece and then they get killed uh and (laughs) that's my favorite part (laughs) it was very did you ever see uh velvet buzzsaw no it it feels like that a little bit right um there should be more art horror movies yeah art slashers yeah it's fun yeah yeah um (laughs) I think that velvet buzzsaw is really great because it oh man it just captured like the really gross like art fair trends especially at like the 2019 moment that these like ultra like everything is a performance gesture it's so good and I you know it would be great oh it'd be great to have a slasher that like takes the imagery of this like ridiculous like soup throwing situation (laughs) um I would love that anyway uh um because the the soup throwing at the Van Gogh just looks like puke like but anyway whatever um (laughs) What makes me think of a slasher, slasher imagery. 
Um, but anyway, in th- so in the new Candyman, he eventually like he summons Candyman so much, and then eventually like um, other people are dying. But then he eventually turns into him. His his hand like rots away because he gets stung by a bee. Um, he he sort of, he turns into Candyman, but he's also the baby that was that Helen Lyle was saving you find that out at the very end which is like which is crazy and so it's just sort of this like i guess it's sort of like candy man is always going to recycle himself hmm. always always wants another victim which is also very vampire like this idea that like vampires have to turn other people into vampires um find hosts i guess um but i did i did like there's sort of an implication that what Helen Lyle is doing is she's she's investigating urban legends and saying that urban her thesis is like an urban legend is like a cope for bad things, um, mm-hmm. for how to like deal with bad things happening to you. And that also felt like um, urban legends are lore. They are like they're very folklore. Um, and and yeah, how do you not only are they like a cope for dealing with um bad circumstances but then how do you protect yourself against them Hmm. also feels like this whole like burning effigy not an effigy not an effigy but a bonfire like burning away the the negativity is like um or having a sacrifice to like burn away um that's like sort of a community magic community ritual um that is that is scary but but effective? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think that's right on. And it's like, there's only so many things people can do in those situations. So yeah, it is kind of like, oh, is this all we can do? Like the art piece, but then becomes into this like ritual action. Yeah. I think it's interesting that, you know, both of the, both stories are very much about the place they're set in, right? Mm-hmm. Very atmospheric in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're set in the same place and in mm-hmm. different times, but mm-hmm. in the same place. Um, and also very much, I don't know, it's like, can folklore be about gentrification? Like they tried. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the, the new one is very overtly about gentrification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the old one, it's, it's certainly in there too. I mean, she yeah. also is like, I live in these nice apartments, condos or whatever that used to be housing projects. Yeah. And like, you know, and the similarities between her building, which got renovated and upscaled and the neighborhood gentrified because of its proximity to resources mm-hmm. versus Cabrini Green, which has not been. Um yeah and then and then obviously that's that's even like more very on the head in the new one of the gentrification and interestingly also like bringing in and how like the art world gentrifies places or artists um and collects them Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you see it (laughs) and um and there's also like with with the newer version being centered on the main characters are black and there's also this like tension being expressed about upward mobility mm-hmm. uh, for black people and like the 
the sort of tension of like, okay, there's people in the black community who are, um, who are suffering from gentrification and, um, um, and, and victims of it. And then there's this tension when a black artist and his curator girlfriend both have, um, this sort of upward mobility and then they become the gentrifiers and it's this like feedback loop, Mm -hmm. um, which also felt like, uh, I don't know. It's so, there's so many layers to this, so many like different interpretations, but it also felt like that was another thing. Like he, by becoming Anthony, by Anthony McCoy, who is the main character of the newer version, by him becoming Candyman, it's like there was something that was like not letting him pro- like progress. Hmm. Um, and, and like being trapped in his, like still, like being trapped by his own identity. Um, yeah. Candyman. No! Sorry. <laughs> One more time. Uh, no, <laughs> I have a few more left. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have to, like, listen back and take account how many times we've collectively said it <laughs> and be like, oh. Fuck. Because, like, does it count if you just say it in passing? I guess it right. does. Or do you have well, to say, like, I thought that you'd man. have to, like, to the mirror. To the mirror just like bloody mary it is okay so i was wondering if did you because i definitely did not see this movie as a kid though timing wise it doesn't make sense but i swear i saw like a trailer maybe it was like one of the sequels or something for Candyman, and was just like terrified of the idea of seeing Candyman. and then i feel like it was like this and bloody mary was like a a thing like it really mm-hmm. did become like a urban legend kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. that i didn't realize was like attached to the movie mm. like made up for a movie i really mm. thought you know candy man might come get me in in the bathroom <laughs> admittedly though when i was like in my confused childhood state this is what it was i didn't see a trailer for candy man i saw some of a nightmare on elm street sequel oh. and for some reason i thought Candyman was freddy krueger <laughs> and i was so terrified of freddy krueger coming to get me yeah in the bathroom Ooh. stall Ooh. anyways that's freaky see i had no idea Candyman existed until this movie came the 2021 movie came out oh. no idea had no i only ever heard of bloody mary as a as a child um and didn't they make a movie out of that i'm sure they have uh I feel like I've seen that. Um, but anyway, I only ever heard of Bloody Mary. And yeah, when this Candyman came out, people were raving about it and stuff. And then, and I like sort of looked into it. Uh, I didn't watch it immediately when it, well, the first time I watched it was this past weekend. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, and I had no idea, but then I realized that, oh, it's like a sequel for set. So I had, yeah. Didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seemed very beloved. People, people love people, the 92 version. They go hard for the 92 version. <laughs> I mean, the score. Yeah, Philip Glass is really, so, really good. Yeah, operatic. Beautifully shot movie, too. Yeah. So it's just like kind of like it hits the notes. Yeah. That you want a horror movie to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And who's the actress who plays Helen? She's like really recognizable, but she also didn't, I don't know she didn't do a lot but she's no. like 
I don't know, they did like the whole like noir, like just lighting her eyes kind of thing. That was really like stunning. Yeah, it is a really beautiful, aesthetically beautiful movie. Um, the blood is great. The blood. <laughs> yeah, highly recommend. <laughs> oh, her name's Virginia Madsen. Virginia Madsen. Um, yeah, she just is, yeah, I, I, I liked her. Um, also both of the apartment buildings, it's funny, like her apartment building with her husband in the, in the 92 version, it's like, um, this loft industrial loft with like giant windows and stuff. And it's the same in the newer version too. Um, right. And which also I feel like is a symbolic commentary on like, um, new kinds of industriousness and like it's, it just seems like a signifier of like gentrification and um, like, oh yeah, all of our manufacturing plants are no longer operational. And so it's just these like giant condos that <laughs> rich people can buy. Gentrification architecture. Yeah. 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 It's definitely got to look, which was like, I do think a good thing about the new one was like how polished everything kind of felt like it was like too smooth you know sometimes and I was like oh that's good like representative representative of where they're living and like yeah. how that world's changed yeah in comparison to the original because mm-hmm. I do think that's like a, a, I can't imagine taking on a project like that with something that is so stylistically known mm-hmm. as the original Candyman mm-hmm. and then trying to do something separate mm-hmm. yeah 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 um and, and something like I don't know I, I I know that I touched on this like 10 minutes ago but like there is also <laughs> something like that that really intrigues me about the fact that um at the end of the newer version it's like Oh no, Candyman is something that you can is a tool that you can use and like mm-hmm. some maybe a type of powerful energy that you can harness. Because so at the end of it, Anthony McCoy d- draws his curator girlfriend into this um old Cabrini Green apartment and essentially frames her also, or she is framed also. Um and she's implicated in a murder that Anthony McCoy as the new Candyman has has committed. And the cops are called. And um, she, well, it's sort of like the, it, what's ending up happening is like as Anthony is transforming into Candyman, he is dying. She is calling for help. She like is shouting for the police to come to her. But then, of course, they um, assume that she is the one who who murdered. And so they're trying to like and they're trying to shoot at her. And then she's under arrest and then she decides um, and, and it becomes clear that the policeman, the one cop like gets back in and it's, it's clear that like she's, she either has to like plead guilty or he'll like stick her in jail for um, the rest of her life. And, uh, and she calls, she summons Candyman and he kills and Candyman kills the cops. And so, I don't know, to me, that's like a, um, yeah, that is that sort of this like, yeah, how do you use the energy as a tool for yourself, as a mechanism for yourself and for your own like protection also feels very folk 
oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting departure. And yeah, then it becomes like, okay, like this is not something necessarily to just fear. Yeah. It's something I can use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like, it, it. she like crosses that line where like kind of comes to an understanding like any good folk religion. <laughs> um, someone who was, I saw this interesting TikTok and it was this girl who was like talking about midsomar and she was like she's like if you you can tell how susceptible you are to joining a cult based on how much you liked pele in the beginning of midsomar <laughs> i like pele at the end of midsomar so <laughs> i might be in a cult yeah i was like oh shit yeah uh i could definitely get on board with that uh <laughs> And then also when I was, I was on a trip this past week and, um, in Southern New Mexico and I went into the used bookstore and the, on the like main drag and this is like completely, you know, stereotypical, but still also like unique and neurotic used bookstore owner. Um, uh, he was this like Scottish dude and I was telling him he had a first edition of Dracula and um behind his desk yeah it was it was pretty amazing and I was just like oh my god I love horror I love horror fiction um and I was like folk horror he was like tell me what is what's folk horror like what is that and I was like well (laughs) I was like you know like the wicker man he was like oh my god he was like I'm Scottish you can't he's like that actually is scary he's like you can't say that shit that's really really scary he was like he he was like if you he's like if you go visit Summer Isle and you like break your leg on the island. He was like, they will wait for you to die and they will they will hasten your death because they will not call for hospitals. I was like, what? <laughs> she fucking with you. Probably. But yeah. I choose to believe it. <laughs> um yeah, but he did love that movie. I was a Scottish person. <laughs> um anyway, uh should we go on to the next to skeleton key? I th- I think I think we should. <laughs> skeleton key is also atmospheric. Similarly, very atmospheric. Um, puts you in the mood. Kate Hudson. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> way Kate Hudson. She's back icon, at it again. Icon of the early aughts. Um. Uh, very Naomi Watts looking. Naomi Watts ass bitch. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the skeleton key is the story of this woman who is a hospice caretaker and um, she is on an assignment in um, Louisiana and lives in New Orleans, but packs up and leaves to go to this, to go to a, a even deeper South um house that is like a former plantation or that's the that's what's implied is that it's a former plantation and it's this older couple this guy is terminally ill he had a um he had a stroke and needs a caretaker and i guess the um the the idea that you get is like something has mysteriously happened to his previous hospice caretaker um so it's like spooky and she goes into this house the woman who and also wait oh it's, it's gene Rollins. The woman, the wife. Yeah. 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 
Go Jean. Also great. Jean. Just yeah, she's great. She's so good. She's so creepy right off the bat. Super, super creepy. Has this like intense Southern drawl and um, says like, I don't keep mirrors in my house. You cannot have a mirror. Maybe a hand mirror is fine, but you can't like hang up a mirror around the house. And then like, she also has uh, strict rules about the attic. Can't go into the attic. There's like another hidden room, even on top of the attic. <laughs> it's a lot of hidden rooms. Yeah, There's so yeah. many. You see Kate Hudson like going in and I was like, wait, where is it again? Because like how many doors does she have to go through to get there? Because <laughs> it's this old ass plantation house that is like a mansion. Um, and John Hurt, who is, who is sick, keeps trying to communicate with her and um, like, says like help me and shit like that and there's it's a lot of jump scares it's just like a lot of like random ass jump scares um and suspense I guess it's more of a, a, a thriller than horror but you eventually find out the history of this of this home and who lived there she as she explores the attic more and she as she's like in and around this sort of community which is again very heavily influenced by hoodoo uh and and like creole culture creole religion and that they all continue to tell her like the only the the reason why it's real real is because you believe in it and like that's what gives it its power and and kate hudson keeps saying like well i don't believe i'm a non-believer so therefore it can't affect me and therefore and she thinks that her non-belief is going to protect her instead and but the the instead of doing what other people are trying to tell her which is like believe in it and then also believe in the protection magic and that's how you're going to protect it kind of thing yeah, like, don't fuck with it, girl. Yeah. And of course she does. And of course she fucking does. And she's, like, <laughs> poking around this attic. There's, like, things in jars fermenting. <laughs> and she finds this record that is, like, the conjuring track. And she finds instructions for how to conjure um, these spirits. But she finds out that about the backstory of this house that um, it was, it was, since it was a plantation, but then it was, then... It was owned by people who had slaves and these enslaved people were lynched during a dinner party. And it was sort of like all in good fun kind of thing. Um, a very perverse, torturous crime. And the two people who were lynched at this party are trying to like they're, they've done magic to keep their souls in rotation, but they have to find victims to possess. And, um, and then, and then they can avenge themselves, avenge their death. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that's a big theme in this is like using certain ritual magic to avenge your own wrongful death. And, but, so this is what I was like, yeah, <laughs> just a general question of the movie. Cause it's, cause you don't find that out. Sorry. Did you want to keep going? I don't know. Please. Okay. Um, were are they avenging their deaths oh because i <laughs> think they've set up their deaths like at the time that the oh. they originally get hung they've already moved into the children oh right and be, and, and they catch them doing the magic on the kids right and you do get the sense that there is like a vengeance against how they were obviously fucking treated yeah yeah and like um enslaved oh i see but you're saying like they planned it yeah they also just kind of just want to live forever which is like okay 
<laughs> right, right, right. They are, they possess these young kids and they try to find younger people. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. And I thought it was um, interesting watching that after watching Candyman because, you know, at least in the original of Candyman 2, like his motivation become is diluted you know at that point right he just is doing it yeah and it's like oh this is interesting because they similarly is maybe not totally revenge it's just to continue like just trying to find a host kind of thing yeah just a survival mechanism yeah Mm, i like that i I think that's interesting an interesting element because it's like oh like that's what I thought I expected when mm-hmm. we first when you first get the twist the story to go and it didn't quite you know yeah, yeah. or it's filling in enough like it's leaving enough gaps that you are guessing their motivation yeah. you know like that you're assuming motivation so maybe that's also what I'm doing yeah but. yeah and there's also maybe some aspect of like well I I like that interpretation a lot I think the other thing that I was thinking about too was that like there's some aspect of like trying to keep the religion going um and trying to preserve the culture by teaching these by teaching the white kids um right the magic as well and sort of keeping that belief going too which is which goes along with um with just like a survival mechanism in general like preservation of the self but also preservation of the of the culture um which seems like a big aspect of folk horror too is like these these endangered like marginalized cultures um and and like and they have to in in defense of this like hegemonic atheistic nothingness mm-hmm. there is like yeah is that kate hudson is like kind of representing that kind of yeah well yes not kind of but yes <laughs> in my in, in my in my estimation um yeah and but you see it you see it with like in all of these though too in wicker man as well um in the blair witch project it's this like believe in me kind of thing and like like there's other things besides besides this just like nothingness this nihilistic nothingness yeah and that your belief will manifest yeah you know like it manifests candy man it allows this religion to continue in wicker man too right yeah. like your belief will make our crops strong yeah yeah um yeah whoa <laughs> what's up <laughs> sorry just thinking about skeleton key <laughs> what about it give me your thoughts <laughs> well i do have to say i was like kate come on she like learns what to do by going into the back of a laundromat that has like this hoodoo store, I guess. Um, and no one, I feel like if you were ever in one of those stores and you didn't know what was going on, like you were not checked beforehand, they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> a little bit unrealistic. I, but everyone's like, let me give you some advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and I guess there's like, I guess it's sort of just like, here's some protection magic for you or something. But then she like is all like on her, like on this weird, like journalistic bent. Yeah. 
um, <laughs> starts asking questions and it's like, yeah, is this really realistic? Like, would, would people really just like freely give up this, <laughs> this information? Would people freely give up the cultural intelligence? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, but they tell her. And what, and what is it? Is it, is it salt that they can't cross? Like you, it's like a red dust. Yeah. Yeah. Red dirt of some kind. Yeah. Um, and eventually at the end of skeleton key, Kate Hudson gets possessed. So that's great. Great for her. And, uh, and the dude, oh my God, the young guy who's like the, he's like the family lawyer. Yes. Um, Right. And he like looks like you and McGregor. Um, Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> I think that he's like you and McGregor light. He does, yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> um. Yeah, and he he's one of the other possessed ones. Oh my gosh, Papa Justify! I forgot that that was the name. It's very. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very of that era. That is just such a um, great vibes, like very, very in the aesthetic. Um, and, and yeah, it's super atmospheric, which also makes it, which makes it gothic. Right. Both of these. Yeah, it is like a you know. Southern gothic type of, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but disappointing on the scares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to get scared. Yeah. Like I'm here to. Oh, whoa. On the IMDb page, there's like recommendations of other things. Um, oh, oh, it's a recommendation for like new movies. Um, <laughs> uh, so on Skeleton Key, there's an IMDb ad for Pray for the Devil, but it's P-R-E-Y. Have you heard of this? No. It apparently comes out on Friday, October 28th in two weeks. And that one dude is, uh, it's like fans of possession films will enjoy the spin on the subgenre. Um, nuns are fighting the devil. Um, and it's that one dude who's like extremely blonde. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, well, anyway, pray for the devil, but like pray the devil is a predator um anyway interesting the horror genre is literally never gonna it will never be defeated it won't never like it just it's ripe forever there's so much there's so much to be scared of in this life (laughs) um there's so much to be afraid of uh wait oh my god virginia madsen is in it Wait, what? What? Oh my god. Yeah, wait. Whoa, weird. Weird. Um, that we were literally just talking because it's like not like the algorithm is showing me Virginia Mats and stuff because I wasn't like, well, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Um, anyway. Maybe looks great. Um, hot priest, but in horror as well but in exorcism films 
we're still in our hot priest era. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that that is, um, I think that these were both like blends of like folk and Gothic too, just because they were so vibey, um, as well as having like, as well as having like really complicated backstories. That's also what surprised me. It seems like there's many horror films made now in contemporary times that are like, that are way more straight to the point and like have a less of like plot twists and turns. However, Candyman had, had more of that. It felt like, it felt like one of those, it seemed like in the early 2000s, this is true for the ring and skeleton key. I think there were like so many things that you had to pay attention to. And it was really mentally intellectually stimulating, but could also be very tiring. I feel like that sort of left um, in like thriller horror genres. Mm. Um, I don't know that I, I just, I get, I feel like there's less of that in, in movies now, but then, but Candyman like sort of picked that up. Um, and a lot of Jordan Peele's stuff, what he produces sort of, sort of pick up the like really complicated threads. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. Cause like the original Candyman, there's just so much yeah. there. Like it, it is a complicated story yeah. and it like continues to complicate itself. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe too much, but, uh, right. And I feel like you're right that the, like, at least like the Blumhouse, or that generally is mm-hmm. like pretty streamlined like there's one idea mm-hmm. and like mid like I, I think about midsummer and how it's like it's pretty there's like easter eggs that you can like go down but there's not a lot of stuff that you have to pay attention to that is it's it's very much like it's very aesthetic it relies heavily on the imagery it re- and like and the plot line is like not that complicated it's just like this girl like descends into this cult and that's it i don't know i feel like there's yeah. there's not a lot but also maybe that's just a function of like getting older and like being less confused all the time like when i was younger <laughs> and like watching these movies i was like okay i really have to pay attention so maybe it's just like an attention span thing i don't know <laughs> Or like, I don't know, everything be- being a series now and like not a lot of movies, like see- like things get unpacked mm. over the course of episodes. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, these are good ones. <laughs> sad girl approved. <laughs> the sad girl st- seal of approval. And um, yeah, a departure from the media. Right, right. I feel like this less about media, more about landscape and mm-hmm. um, and sort of haunted houses, geopolitical, <laughs> haunted place, haunted location. <laughs> it's it's yeah, all about when when geopolitical gets scary, it becomes haunted. Maybe. I don't know if that makes any, I don't know if that's like coherent, (laughs) but like when I think geopolitical, I think like, I think like in terms of social science, like, um, Uh, like when something, when a conflict is like geopolitical, it's because it's like, it's less to do about like conflict and tension between people and more to do with like, like the conflict is tied up in a specific place. And when it gets, and that, and, and so like, if you're going to make like a thriller or action series or some like 
like complicated politics movie <laughs> like and, you, and you're trying to like get a get a have a geopolitical conflict or whatever zero dark 30 is like geopolitical it's auto it's also biographical but anyway uh <laughs> but if if zero dark 30 were scary it would be about like a haunted house like haunted torture chambers <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> um and then when the haunted torture chambers happen then it's like hostile uh <laughs> feels very feels feels haunted housey you were probably going to make a more salient point no i wasn't <laughs> uh well we've only got another well we've only got another episode left in this season which will happen right before halloween so halloween. we're like right on time <laughs> um so yeah i'm excited about that one gonna keep keep moving forward progressing technologically yes we're back on our tech <laughs> took an analog break <laughs> into the future into the Thanks, listeners. Thank Sweet you. dreams. Don't mm. fucking summon anyone. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. No! <laughs> okay, I have to. Oh, geez. okay. Gotta cut that off. Sorry. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Did you know um, there's a place on the internet where you can get exclusive access to Sad Girl Syllabus News? You can join our Sad Girls Club by signing up for our newsletter at sadgirlsyllabus.com. And with the newsletter, you'll see updates on new episodes, um, announcements on content and stuff, uh, extra insights, links, reading lists, resources um, that don't make it into the podcast episodes. And when you sign up, you get a little gift from us. It's a reading list, um, a, tr- a, a Sad Girl Syllabus actual syllabus <laughs> sad girls 101 and if you want to support the podcast you can head over to patreon.com slash sad syllabus and for five bucks a month you can watch all of our director's cut video episodes uh, and get bonus episodes uh, when they come out uh, if you like what you hear also Please think about rating the pod on Apple Podcasts, sharing this podcast with your friends. Yay. It's really the best way to support us is to help spread the word. Uh, so subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at Sad Girl Syllabus. Mm-hmm.